from the combined crew of blindandroidusers.com and accessibleandroid.com, it's time for your favorite Android podcast. Kick back now and enjoy another fine episode from these fanboys and gals as they navigate Android from a blindness perspective. And now, here's your crew. Hello and welcome to episode 147 of the Blind Android Users Podcast. I'm joined today by my co-hosts Warren Carr, Austin Pinto, John Dyer, Kirin Kiwan and Sally Kundus. And we are coming to you on Saturday the 30th of September 2023. This is the Maximum Break episode. Uh, snooker fans and uh, people in the UK who aren't snooker fans but have had to suffer it on television will get that. On this episode, we have our usual announcement section and a bit of a hint. There are some anniversaries in that. In our Android Basics section, we continue our exploration of Samsung's One UI and we'll look at the system settings. Then we have an episode of uh, uh, commentary or Jishuo from uh, Kareen, where she will uh, show us uh, Jishuo shortcuts. And we close with the tip of the week where Warren demonstrates Gmail's confidential mode. Well, I hope everybody's well. Uh, Kareen, what's going on, Kudud? Everything is going well here. Nothing important. Um, like, like you, John. Good, good. Glad you're well. Uh, Sally, what's going on in Samsung's fair city? You know what? I cannot believe that September is over and it's getting October. And in, in Turkish, there is a saying, like it's kind of a joke that translates to it's October and I'm single again. <laughs> <laughs> well, everything is good here and the weather is really nice, like 24 Celsius. It's like this for uh past two weeks and tomorrow the rain wave is coming here. I hope nothing serious can happen, though. And how are you, though? I'm well, yeah. It's it's nice in London. It's a nice day. Uh, we went to a toy shop uh, with little child to get some toys and then went for a, a dim sum Chinese. So that was good. What time is it in Turkey? Half seven, something like that? Yes, yeah, seven. But Huddersfield yeah. is not doing well these days, yeah. They equalised. Uh, I think it's one all. They're not doing brilliantly, but they are unbeaten in five. So they started badly and have recovered yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit. But oh, I've, got, I've got a challenge for you. So let's say we're done by nine Turkish time. You have three hours not to be single in October. So yeah. I suggest you hit Samsung City hard. Hit those clubs. Uh, yeah, right. Very, very hard. Uh, that would be my <laughs> advice. If Good. you don't want to be single in October or when September ends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that sounds like it should have been a song. I think it was November, though. Uh, John Boy, what's going on? It's good here. It's cooling down. I guess it was about 60 today, but it's been rainy. So we went to my son's. Well, it's sort of a pretend football game. He's only three and a half, but he's playing flag football and we got to stand in the rain for an hour. (laughs) So that was fun. An hour? Yeah. They're only three and a half. How does that work? Um, they just try to get them to do things correctly, you know. Yeah, run with the ball, and everybody else pull his flags. You know, yeah, just uh, trying to teach them. I think I think at that age they could conceivably pull each other's cheeks, couldn't they? That would be one way to to do it. Mm, yeah, you don't sound convinced. 
<laughs> he does he does pull my cheek sometimes. So Excellent. He's, he's a man after my own heart. <laughs> Austin, what's happening? Looking forward to the World Cup next week? Yeah, looking forward to the World Cup and this week was very nice. It it uh, like we hit 400 runs with Australia but lost that match the last one we lost not the 400 run ma- uh, one and uh, the rains are unfortunately returning back they are not going to stay here. they are like raining in the evening now so they are going back and then the summer starts the october end summer till october end and lots of festival now we are in the festive season the ganesh festival the ganpati festival finished now we are in the next festival and next week on it's going to be very festive with the world cup end starting and hope we win the trophy when's holy have we had that already yeah that's in march april that's that's all uh, that, that's the cheek pulling one isn't it yeah that is the nice festival yeah. here that's the cheeks one yeah yeah uh, shame shame we can't have that every month in fact <laughs> yeah that we can't have think it needs is that the festival more. where you pull someone's cheeks until they change colors yeah, yeah. that's the festival where we pull okay. cheeks draw colors on their okay. cheeks and pull them more. <laughs> yeah, that one. I'm big into that festival. Uh, a boo boo. What is happening in the state of Dryington? I'm doing well, and uh, but Sally, I do have a question for you though, and I hope that your squeeze is not listening to us you know, talking about September, uh, October, and being single. Uh, are you wanting the girls to, you know, start now and looking for Sally? I don't think so. So let's make that correction. Ladies, I think that that boy... You, you is know, I'm, I'm, I'm always up to, you know, when it's October and when you're single, it's not fun. <laughs> well, but it doesn't apply to you. Because last time I checked, I thought you had some squeeze out there, no? It doesn't matter the time oh, you try to. Uh, man, that's my boy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm doing well. A little well. bit of Deborah yeah, on I, my I, mind. I can, I can assure you, being handsome has a price. I know. I, I, I've been there. No, you, Lauren, you really don't know. Lauren, you do not know. Trust me. <laughs> I'm the one that gets better looking. You guys <laughs> talk way too much about being handsome to actually be handsome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's they why I told him he didn't it. know it had a price. <laughs> they talk about it because they're not. <laughs> uh, but seriously, you know, I'm doing okay. And uh, it's starting to cool down a lot. And getting cold in the night and the heat coming on in the mornings and all of that. When you're getting down to 43, 42 degrees, you know, by morning time, you know, you know it's about that time. So uh, it's kind of basically cool. And I love it. Yet in the same breath, sometimes a little bit chilly and like, hey, I don't even want to be outside. So, but I'm doing okay. Um, looking forward to podcast though, because I think this is exciting that we're talking about what we've got coming up. And again, let me take this opportunity, guys, to really thank you guys, because I don't think that we do that enough. Um, we appreciate you guys for always listening to us and making us what we are. So thanks to all of you. I thought I need to do this early. Thank you. Yeah, definitely echo that. Uh, and when Warren says he's looking forward to the podcast, I think what he means is shut up, Ed, and get on with it. 
let's get into the actual meat of this show. So exactly. I shall do that now. <laughs> I shall. <laughs> This is the announcement segment of Blind Android Users Podcast. Stay tuned to hear important information regarding the podcast, surveys, and the latest news. So we'll turn to the announcement section, and I said we had a couple of anniversaries. Uh, Austin, is uh, is there anything you want to uh, uh, give us by way of announcements? No, but we you need to talk about two anniversaries, and that is the first anniversary is because of which our podcast is there and that is the 15th year of android in fact it was two weeks back and i don't know how we forgot to wish android 15th years and the next anniversary is 25 years for google i can't believe it i don't know where i was but there was no internet at least home to home in india so i read that and i was like wow 25 years so warren needs to talk about it more and we can all comment on it so before Warren starts it, it's also the anniversary of our accessible Android app. We released it last year, and I cannot believe how time flies, and it's already one year. Wow. Wow, that is. Uh, hopefully it will uh, go on to reach its 25 and more. Yeah, 25 years of Google. That That's about right, I guess. Uh, when I think when I first started using it. Uh, Warren, what, what are your reflections? So, Austin, 25 years ago, I wonder, you were a little butchkin out there, probably, something like that. So, uh, <laughs> I think you wouldn't know too much as to what was going no, on. No, I was, I, was, I was 11 years old. Okay. Now, this is quite interesting because Google started as a little search engine, and that's what they were, and we all knew that, and what, maybe they were just like a couple links on that page or maybe just an edit box and I'm feeling lucky. <laughs> you guys remember what, what the page used to look like? So, so, so the, yeah, it, it, I mean, to be fair, it's not it's not a lot more cluttered over 25 years. You didn't have that. You had the search. Uh, and do you remember the I'm feeling lucky when you could when you could tease it? So if you... <laughs> This genuinely happened. They have changed it. If you if you typed in French military victories and hit I'm feeling lucky, you got like a 404 and it said, did you mean French military defeats? <laughs> wasn't, that, wasn't that interesting? I'm not that's sure if the phrase really was funny. that successful. Well, they were back in the 80s. But, I mean, it, it was fixed, wasn't it? Like, it was <laughs> yeah. a joke. They, they fixed it. Uh, and then there was an Iraq one, which I've now... No, it was weapons of mass destruction. That's it. So so after after the the the, um, the second Iraq war got a little bit discredited, if you typed in something like Iraq, weapons of mass destruction, hit, I'm feeling lucky, that's when you got the 404. Weapons of not destruction, not, uh, weapons of mass destruction not found. They used to use that I'm feeling lucky button very amusingly. Uh, the French yeah. one was, your search did not return any results. Did you mean French military <laughs> defeats? Yeah, that was that was it. Uh, they, I, they, and they weren't hypocritical. I tried both of them uh, when, <laughs> when I was told about them and that that was what actually happened. Brilliant. Yeah, but let's look down the history. And Google has been there for 25 years. I can't believe that uh, it's been there for 25 years and has become like the portal of the Internet. Everybody knows about Google, regardless of where you live at. 
uh, you know, people say, Google that, Google that. And look at where we are today, and now we're talking about hardware. But the one that we're also uh, impressed with is Android's birthday, which we should have talked about last week or a couple of weeks. Was it a couple of weeks ago? I believe it was. Was it last week? Yeah, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. ago. Yeah. And we totally forgot to mention that because back then, you know, when they took to the stage announcing that uh, the Google Dream Dream, uh, phone, which I still have, I don't know how I forgot to talk about that or any of us forgot to talk about that, but uh, congratulations to Android turning 15 and now Google turning 25, a full-grown adult. No wonder we got what we have. So my brother was an iPhone user, and I'm very happy to say that I converted him into Android, and he got the Samsung Galaxy S23. Let's talk about some of the things, though, that we liked uh, that Google has done in the past and that we no longer have. For me personally, I think the one that I bemoan the most has to do with that inbox. I've talked about it infinitum. We got inbox, I think it was back in 2015, and it was just beautiful. Google took it away, say they're going to bring some of the functionalities to Gmail, and I tell you what, it's been like, what, almost 10 years. We still don't have some of those things from inbox. What are some of you guys' uh, stuff well, from Google that you miss? Well, what is it that Inbox did? Because like folks wouldn't have used it. So what, what is it you liked about it? What 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 did it do? Or the message was organization it? was a whole lot better than what we have in Gmail. Uh, Gmail can try all it can, but frankly, there's so many functionalities uh, in Inbox that Gmail still does not. And I don't know why they're not bringing those things in here. Yeah, like what though? Like I said, the message uh, message organization was better, and you know, like the uh, all that uh, you know AI stuff because Google has been in that AI for a long time. You know, we just didn't you know really uh, give too much to it back then. But that inbox, if you ever experience inbox and you look at what Gmail is, you can see the difference. Did you ever use inbox Ed? I don't think uh, so. Doesn't sound like you did. So. No, 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 but like, so, so how, why was like, why was it better? What, what could you do with it? How could so, you like, you know, all stuff? say all your social stuff, media stuff, and all of that. Uh, the UI was was cleaner, and the organization was was better. You can select things uh, easily, manage mail, unlike what we have now. You just Gmail is like so cluttered; it doesn't make sense at all, especially when you go to the settings. You know, Are you uh, talking about the app here or the website of Gmail? We're talking an app. Inbox yeah. was an app. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm talking about the same the, Gmail app. The, the app. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I don't like the Gmail app anyway. No, I never liked it's it. terrible. And um, uh, Inbox was yeah. such a great joy to use. Now, several other apps have kind of tried to replicate that. And I think the one that uh, comes to mind may be, may be uh, like OnMail. Uh, unfortunately, some of the things are not very accessible. But other than that, OnMail is the closest that, that comes to Inbox. Yeah. Uh, sounds, uh, yeah, the Gmail app, any, anything that can do to clean it uh, and have better versions of it, I would, be, I would be up for that. I'm not, I'm not a fan, to be honest. 
uh, as people who are, have seen my post on the list would know. Uh, yeah, what does everyone else think? What What have you liked or, or missed about features that have come and gone on Gmail? So one of the shocking news that I got today, and I don't know, people must have got this earlier, is that Google is killing basic HTML Gmail in Gen 24. And even I use that today. It's so nice. It's so uncluttered and it's so really simplistic. Although the it's the standard or the new version of Gmail does not give you, it gives you a lot of features, but it's very, very like cluttered. And this has very nice shortcuts. Like if you press X, then you can go to your first message with the checkboxes for each message. So you can go to your first message instantly without reading the whole page. So I don't know why they're killing that. And I hope somebody does some trick and brings it back. See, I don't like HTML view. I've never liked it, particularly since standard has come, because what you do with standard, obviously, is you do not use standard view with uh, your uh, forms mode off or your uh, uh, web uh, MVDA or narrator scan thing on. You, you do what you do in Google Docs and you, uh, you turn it off and it looks like Outlook and you use X to select a message. So not jumping anywhere, it just does it. What What is annoying about standard view for me is that when you open a message, it doesn't continue to work like docs and sheets and slides. Uh, you can't read it while keeping forms mode off. You have to then go back into forms mode, which is fiddly. But like it, it like navigation wise, I much prefer standard view because I don't try and navigate it like a web page. Like I say, I navigate it like a Google app. Interesting, you mentioned that because I, I personally have not been using you know the basic whatever for for quite a while. I use the standard, and frankly, I prefer the standard any day over that basic stuff. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, makes two of us, then I don't have any problem with it. And Austin, you can still use later X to move through messages. Why is it not working for you? No, it is working, but then that is another thing. But if you want to, let's say you open the message, then to read it, you have to go through the whole clutter of the page to go to this feature, that feature, and then you press H and you go to your message. So it's a lot of steps involved. But basically, so, this uh, yeah. the heading level... And you go to your message. Oh no! I mean, I mean, the way you do it from uh, from standard is you turn you turn forms mode off. Um, uh, yeah, forms forms mode off again. Go to the bottom of the page and hit H, and you get there. Uh, but it should it should render it like it renders a Google Doc, and I don't know why it doesn't. It really ought to do yeah, that. Yeah. So see, for me, if I'm on the computer, I don't have that auto forms mode on. I, I never liked that. I really hate that with a passion. So I got mine set. No, I turn and, it off. Yeah. yeah, me too. I never so, have so when you when you wait from the message, you have to you have to turn it. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, no, you have to turn the virtual cursor back on, isn't it? It's not forms mode. So you turn the virtual cursor off to navigate in standard view, uh, like you would a Google Doc. Oh, oh, sorry, like like you would in Google Docs. And then when you open it, you uh, you turn your virtual cursor back on again. Yeah. Now, one thing that I miss, and I don't know if you guys remember this, uh, the Google Plus. I used to like that. It was the only social network that I ever belonged to. Yeah, and, you know, I'll and, say plus one. <laughs> yeah, I really, all the plus yeah. one, plus two comes from <laughs> Google Plus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
I I used to like really enjoy using Google Plus because there were communities and uh, following those communities where it's, it's, it's a, it was amazing. And one other thing, since I'm talking, I should say that what I'm missing, it was in my first days of Android, Google Talk. And also uh, one one another app that I'm missing is Google Allo, you know, that they released along with Duo. There was a really simple messaging app. It was super simple. Yeah, I, I did like that. I, yeah, yeah um, uh, that was good. Um, plus, plus, I, I never did anything with Plus particularly, but um, uh, but yeah, that the uh, the Google Allo was good. I like you know Google Plus because you could interact with developers on there, and I remember that's how I got the developer of the Kuma keyboard to make it accessible and. I joined the community and I voiced out my stuff and people supported what I was saying. And in no time at all, that keyboard became accessible. Uh, so I really like uh, the Google Plus. However, gone with the wind. I remember I was in the Nova Launcher community and uh, the developer was super friendly. And that's a good launcher as well. Uh and, and and things I think to thank Google for as well, uh, it, like with Google Drive, it, it is the most generous I think of the mainstream file sharing platforms in terms of free uh, storage space. It's slightly less generous than it used to be with things like Gmail, but you get way more than you would with OneDrive or Dropbox. Uh, so I do like that. Uh, not a feature that has disappeared happily; one that is still with us. Speaking of Google Drive, I don't know the reason why people keep on using Dropbox since they give you two gigs and Drive give you fifteen gigs. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like it's seven times bigger. So, <laughs> I think it all has to do with familiarity. Uh, something you got familiar with, and uh, you know, I mean, Dropbox. Let's let's face it; it's probably uh, probably the first uh, cloud storages. Uh, there was. I'm not um, sure. If this is what um, became Dropbox, there was something called Drop Load. You guys remember that? There was a Drop Load. No. And I'm wondering if that's what became Dropbox. And so, <laughs> and do, Dropbox do, was do one of the very days, first. Do you remember, do you know, do you mean the days to the, the time of RapidShare and those file share sh- services were there? Maybe that was the time. Uh, yeah, but but rapid share was kind of very uh, convoluted to use. Droplot, yeah, or, or Droplot was, is, was more mm. like uh, uh, you know like inbox. In it was very easy to use. And I, that was like mega I upload. Thought, yeah. I thought maybe uh, Dropbox or Droplot was the parent of Dropbox. <laughs> maybe they're unrelated. So one of the way, one sure. of the reasons. Drive. Uh, Austin, take it again. One of the reasons that people still use uh, Drive over Dropbox is that Drive never advertises their desktop app. And Dropbox, you get always with an email, you get that link, download this desktop app and all. So people have that app on their desktop, which starts with Windows. And so it's like OneDrive, you just paste a file in there and it uploads it. So that's easier than Drive. You go to the page and upload the file and then... It does not start with Windows, so you don't know if it is uploaded. So all those risks are the problems are there with uh, Drive. So I think they should advertise their app more. 
Yeah, that's fair enough. They don't. Uh, they. I mean, there is an app. Uh, it's a good point, though. OneDrive and Dropbox uh, are almost app first, aren't they? And they will start. If you haven't bothered installing the Drive app, then, yeah, that's that's a fair point. Well, let's face it. Marketing is not Google's forte, so uh, it goes without saying. Building hardware is not Google's forte, I would say. How can we just stop this crap? Yeah, even I agree with that. Google, <laughs> oh, Google, only, builds, Google only builds Fisher-Price hardware. Yeah. yeah, there you go. The <laughs> follower of Ed, disciple, discipleship. <laughs> <laughs> Knuckleheads and a bunch of cattle thieves. <laughs> so talking about the things that we miss um, regarding Google, I think for me, there are two things. One that was mentioned by Saleh, which is the Google Talk. It was, for me, the only messaging app that Google did, and it was right. After that, they started the mess. Hangouts, and then the the several apps together. I don't, I don't remember their names, Allo and Duo and that stuff. And until now, I think they didn't, or they couldn't, uh, do something similar to Talk, which was the best with respect to Google and messaging. And the other thing is the high quality voices of the Google TTS. I think you remember this. They just um, released a version. Yeah, the voice well, the voices were not really great, but at least they tried. And uh, unfortunately, this didn't live long. So they uh, removed all the voices. But actually, I still, like, I still want so much to have high quality voices from Google. I think if they are going to do such thing, it would be something great. Karen, it's funny you mentioned the high quality voices. I always say, you know, every dog in the house have access to the high quality voices, except Google's own talkback. And that just kind of baffles me because why? I mean, you install any uh, go for a second app out there that utilizes TTS, and you can have that high-quality voices from Google, but yeah, not but talk about those, why. They are not considered high-quality, but th- those even are, the, are not really high-quality. They are, like, if you, if, you just, if you just listen to them, like, they are compressed, you know? So the thing is to, to have high-quality voice. Which, do you remember the ones that they tried to release, to, to release back maybe um, five, six years back? Or something, maybe maybe longer. It was for maybe one or two months. Do you remember them? Well, believe it or not, I pulled out uh, my old, I found an old Galaxy S5. And it's so funny hearing the TTS back then. Uh, actually, it doesn't sound bad at all. But what I'm saying is like, for example, like, so if you use uh, the multilingual TTS or the auto switch uh, TTS or something uh, along that line, or maybe Google Playbooks or some other ebook reading apps, they have access to that nice Google voices that we had a little while ago last year. And then Google reverted that to where we don't have it anymore. That's the one that I'm kind of a little bit upset about. Uh, I don't yeah, think, think Karine's saying they were better ones. Yeah. Five or six, yes, even the nice they're more ones. like assistant sounding voices rather than, yeah. Well, so I, that's the one that I, I think she's talking about that I have on my Galaxy S5 that I 
I found the other day and I'm like, oh my gosh, how the times have changed. And it sure does sound a little bit different than the Google TTS that we have today. So, but for me, um, if only we could just have access to what we have now that other apps have access to, but not Google's uh, own uh, talkback, I'll be satisfied. But uh, when you talk about Google Talk, uh, Karen, I think for me, though, I kind of like uh, Hangouts. Hangouts was very good because it combined everything. It, it should just be the one platform, you know, solution there. But Google, you know, keeps duplicating things. And we have so many of these things. And before you know it, one of them is axed. That's the problem. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. In a work, you, you know, you have like chat, you've got spaces in a work context, which are a bit weird, sort of like groups, but not. <laughs> yeah. So many slightly overlapping options. Yeah, but even with Hangouts, things were complicated to the point that some things shouldn't be complicated that much. So I, I still remember when you you just wanted to add someone to 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 start a chat. It was it was something like you should go here, and I I was just going to the email sometimes and using the email that I I was re- I received an email from someone. I was just using the email to link to to tap the link to open Hangouts. So <laughs> although. It, it should be it should it should be something very easy to go and type the name and start a chat. It wasn't there in Hangouts, so yeah, they 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 yeah. are the best people in complicating stuff. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of having like a hub, you know, for all the messaging needs and everything being in there, like what the good old BlackBerry used to have. Um, I don't mind that, and so probably that's why I kind of like Hangouts because uh, it was like a complete messaging. App. And do you remember the world of search before Google? I mean, my my recollection, interesting to know whether anyone who was using it around this time, possibly Warren or John, uh, agrees. But before Google, I sort of think there were four search engines and they were all regarded pretty much similarly. And that was Webcrawler, Yahoo, Lycos, and Alta Vista. And you might try all of them for a bit. But then obviously Google came and you Googled stuff. I remember those. And then there was something called the web ferret and you have phone ferret, file ferret. So if you're looking for a particular file, you know. I remember those. Yeah, I remember phone ferret. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd forgotten about those. They were a bit later. Yeah, they were a bit later, weren't they? They were maybe... Oh yeah, we're talking in the Not you know mid nineties, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> late nineties. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I loved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there wasn't really like you'd go to that search and you might check Yahoo, you might check Likeos as well, mightn't you? You probably didn't just go to one. Did you guys remember uh, two cows or two cows or two cows? <laughs> I think it was T. I don't think I need that one. T-O-W-S. Yeah, there was uh, two cows or two no, cows. <laughs> no. Interesting. This is Android Basics, in which we bring you up to date on the things that you should know to use your Android phone. 
And now we move to our Android Basics section, where we continue our look at Samsung One UI. And we're going into the system settings this week. And Warren is going to talk about connections. As we continue with our series on the Samsung One UI, today we'll be jumping into the system settings. I am already in the system settings using my Galaxy S21 and running One UI 5.x. And the first item we're going to look at in these system settings will be the connections, etc., etc. I am here within that area. And now let's navigate and look at the items that we find within the connections and more. Connections, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, SIM Manager, 4 of 28. Here we are, and I'll tap here to activate. Connections, navigate up, button, out of list. Let's go through some of the items that we find in here, and then we'll talk about those that are of importance. This is not to say that the items in here are not important or some of the items in here are not important. But now and then there's something that one pays more attention to and one that one doesn't pay quite much of an attention to. So let's look at these things and we'll talk about the ones that we think are of great importance. Now, starting from the top, I'm going to go through the items that we find here. Putting my finger down, here's what we got. Wi-Fi. The mesh, one of nine, in list, nine items. So we hear Wi-Fi and it says the mesh and that's the name of my Wi-Fi that I'm connected to. Now, if I tap here, of course, it's going to reveal some other Wi-Fis that are available to me within my neighborhood and things like that. Now, to the right of that is an on-off switch that if I turn that off, then I'll lose connectivity to that Wi-Fi. This is what I'm talking about. Wi-Fi. Switch. On. Now below that we got... Bluetooth. Two of nine. Bluetooth. Of course, we go in here to manage Bluetooth devices, things that you've connected to your phone via Bluetooth. Or if you have some other new thing that you would like to kind of pair to your phone, this is where you go into. And of course, to the right of that, we have the SIM switch that if I tap on, will actually turn off the Bluetooth. Bluetooth. Switch. On. Next, here's what we got. NFC and contactless payments, three of nine. We have the NFC and contactless payment. So this is something you use in store where there's uh, stores that take um, virtual payments and things like that. So if you have your wallet set up, when you make a payment or buy something using your phone or pay for some service or some merchandise using your phone, you're using that wallet, that card that you've added to your wallet. And so it uses the NFC near-field communication in order to be able to communicate with that terminal. And then to the right of that... NFC and contactless payments. Switch. Off. We have the on slash off switch. And mine is switched off by default because this Samsung Galaxy is not my daily driver. You all know I'm a pixel man. Next, here's what we got. Airplane mode, four of nine. I don't think I need to even explain this to anyone because we know about the airplane mode. This is when you turn off every connectivity, be it, you know, your cellular connection or your Wi-Fi and things like that. Bluetooth, though, still works. 
uh, in modern Android devices. If you have an older version of Android, of course, your Bluetooth is not going to work. But this is what we're talking about here. You're putting it in an airplane mode. Remember, whenever you get on that plane, they tell you to put your phone in an airplane mode or shut off the phone. That's what we're talking about. Airplane mode, switch off. And to the right of it, of course, is the on-off switch. And I don't want mine off, so mine is not turned off. Moving along, though, we got the following. Sim Manager, 5 of 9. We come across Sim Manager. This is where you go in to manage your SIM cards if you have multiple SIM cards, especially if you have a phone that supports uh, dual SIM cards or if you have uh, eSIM capability, then in here you can go in to manage that. Let's take a quick look at what this all entails. SIM Manager. Navigate up. Button. Out of list. I am in that SIM Manager area and let's explore and see what we got. Now putting my finger down Here's what we got. SIM cards, heading 1 of 6. The first thing we come across is the SIM card manager heading. And below that, we've got no SIM card disabled 2 of 6. We hear no SIM card disabled because I do not have any SIM card in this phone. As I indicated earlier, this is not my main driver, so I do not have a SIM card in here. Now, if I did, it would probably would have said the name of the SIM card or it will be tappable to where I could go in there and change certain things with respect to that SIM card. However, it isn't active, so it's disabled. Now, below that, eSIMs, heading 3 of 6. We have an eSIM heading. So if you have a phone that supports eSIM capability, you'll have the access of choosing as to whether or not you would rather use a physical SIM card or use that eSIM. And so we got that heading, and below that heading, we've got... Add eSIM. Download an eSIM so you can connect to mobile networks without a SIM card. Four of six. So here we got download an eSIM so it could connect to a mobile network. We'll come back to it, but let's look at what else is down here. Primary SIM disabled, five of six. Primary SIM disabled. So if I had, say, for example, although this phone only supports one physical SIM card, if I had a SIM card in there, physical SIM card, and I've also downloaded an eSIM card, I could tap in here in that primary area to choose which one becomes my default. Next. More SIM settings, 6 of 6. And we have more SIM settings and 6 of 6. Let's go back up, though, to that area that talked about downloading an eSIM and see what uh, carriers um, here in the States, see which ones are supported. Of course, if you're in another country, you'll see what uh, networks there in your country that support that eSIM. So let's go ahead and tap on Download eSIM. Add eSIM. Download an eSIM so you can connect to mobile networks without a SIM card. 4 of 6. Let's go ahead and tap. Add eSIM. Add eSIM. Out of list. Now tapping on Add eSIM, here's what we got. I'll put my finger down. Choosing your service provider helps us find your eSIM mobile plan. Heading, 1 of 7. In list, 7 items. So the first thing we need to do here is to choose the provider. And once you choose that provider, then it makes it easier for them to find and give you directions on how to enable that SIM cap eSIM capability. And so we got Metro by T-Mobile, 2 of 7. 
So if you're on Metro by T-Mobile, you are supported with an eSIM. Next. T-Mobile, three of seven. Of course, T-Mobile itself is there because T-Mobile is the parent. So you've got uh, Metro, T-Mobile also there. And of course, the parent has to be in there. So we got T-Mobile. Next. U.S. Cellular, four of seven. Here we have U.S. Cellular. And next. Verizon, five of seven. You can't do without Verizon. There's Verizon in there. Next. Xfinity Mobile, six of seven. We've got Xfinity Mobile, which is an MVNO, just like uh, Metro by T-Mobile. Next. Other ways to add eSIMs, seven of seven. And we've got something that says other ways to add eSIM. Let's go in here, though, and see what these other ways are in the event that these three are not your carrier. Other ways to add eSIMs. Other ways to add eSIMs out of list. Tapping on other ways to add eSIM, here's what we got. I'll put my finger down. Scan QR code from service provider, one of two, in list, two items. So you could scan a QR code that the provider has provided you to be able to just uh, download their eSIM or... Transfer SIM from another device, two of two. Or you could transfer a SIM from another device. I wonder how that works. Now let's go ahead and tap here and see what it, what it says. After you transfer the eSIM to this phone, you'll no longer be able to use it on your old device. Cancel. Button. Out of list. So, of course, it's telling us that if we transfer our eSIM from another device that's the active one in there, we will not be able to use that number on that phone that we've transferred it from. So, uh, we got to cancel. OK, button. And there's that OK there to the right. Let's see, I'll tap here. Transfer SIM from another device. Other ways to add eSIMs. Transfer SIM from another device. Now that I have tapped on OK, let's see what we got. T-Mobile, one of three. The first item we hear is T-Mobile. Other service provider, two of three. Other service providers, what's next? Contact your service provider for help if they aren't listed above, three of three. Or contact your service provider if they're not in the list. Let's see what these others are. Uh, eSIM providers are. My guess is that it will show us some of those that we already saw earlier, but let's go ahead. Other service provider, two of three. I tapped on other service providers, and here's what we got. United States, one of three, in list, three items. United States. Germany, two of three. Germany. Sweden, three of three. And Sweden. I'm going to tap on United States. United States, Transfer SIM from another device. T-Mobile, one of three. And I hear T-Mobile and then... Other service provider, two of three. Other service providers. And so basically, there's not much in here. If I tap here, for example, it's going to take me back to where we picked up on the United States, I believe. Let's look at Germany, for example. Germany, two of three. Transfer SIM from another device. Tapping on Germany, here's what we got. Telekom Deutschland, one of three, in list, three items. Next. Other service provider, two of three. And there's just one there because um, we got that other and then, of course, the other one to contact. Contact your service provider your service for help providers. if they aren't listed above, three of three. 
Let's go ahead and look at Sweden, though, so we go back and tap on other service providers. Other service provider, two of three. There we go. And now let's tap on Sweden. Sweden, three of three, in list, three items. And tapping on Sweden. Transfer SIM from another device. We got... Telia, one of three. We got something called Telia. And that's it. Let's go back. Other ways to add eSIMs. We'll go back. Add eSIM. And let's go back. Connections. SIM manager, five of nine, in list, nine items. And we're back to where we picked on the SIM managers or eSIM managers. Let's go ahead and look at the last item that I had mentioned, and that will be... More connection settings, eight of nine. More connection settings. Let's tap here. More connection settings. Navigate up, button, out of list. Tapping on more connection settings, here are the items that we come across. Nearby device scanning, one of six. We have the nearby device scanning, so if you tap here, you'll see the things that are near you. Of course, it's going to ask for being able to allow uh, location access, things like that, so it could see things that are near you. Nearby device scanning, switch on. And we have the on-off switch on the right side of it. Printing, two of six. Next, we have printing below that. VPN, none, three of six. We've got VPN. If you are into VPN, you want to set up a VPN. This is where you come and set up that VPN. Private DNS, automatic, four of six. And we have private DNS and it's auto, but if you want to change it to something specific, this is where you tap to go change or make those changes. Ethernet, disabled, five of six. And we have Ethernet, and it's disabled because I don't have a dongle for an Ethernet that's plugged into my USB-C. But if I had one and plugged it in, that would become active to where we could use an Ethernet connection so that one could connect direct using a, an Ethernet cord. And that's the last item. And that will be it for this and. I'll now hand it back over to the podcast crew as we deliberate on these things. Thank you, Warren. I've, I've got to say, I do prefer Samsung's connection settings over Google's uh, or native Androids uh, by quite some distance. I don't know what everyone else thinks. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, I rarely go in. I mean, I might go in here once to set something up, but I think. Most of the time I use either my quick settings or I just use Bixby, you know, if I want to turn on hotspot or something like that, you know, so, you know, I don't, I think they're both fine. <laughs> you know, they're, they're easy enough to find what you want to get to and set it up. if you need I, to. I think Google system settings buries more stuff than Samsung's does. It didn't used to. Uh, but now it does. Yes, you can. You can go into quick settings. That's absolutely fine. Um, but you know, maybe in a scenario where you've got an, e uh, an earpiece and you need to use your phone in a pocket and you haven't got space to use three fingers, um, I, I, I just prefer uh, Samsung's things. More things are pulled out at the higher level than on Google's, I think, anyway. At that first kind of level. It's not level one, is it? Because we're we're a couple of categories. Uh, you know, for instance, I think accessing Wi-Fi on Samsung is easier than Google. 
Now, there are things in here that I, I think, though, that especially having to do with that eSIM card management, I don't know how it is in other countries, but like looking there on that Samsung that I demonstrated, you know, showed you don't see all the networks and then uh, then all that, if you don't have it, you have to do this QR code stuff if the network is whatever. I just wish that we have a situation whereby every carrier has that eSIM capability and they're there so that one could just choose it. Uh, but like when I went there, I didn't even see my Google Fi. So for example, if I wanted to use my S21 with the Fi services, I wouldn't be able to do it. It's a little bit annoying if you ask me. So, so how do you get around that then? What would, uh, or can't, you can't do it? So right now, you know, I don't use the Samsung as my main driver. I use the Pixel. And, you know, with my Pixel, it is there. And I just have to just tap on that and it will just work. And so here's how I would love to see uh, my dream of how the eSIM capability should be. You tap on download an eSIM and then you have all the carriers in there, regardless of who they are. You, you tap on that you install it, and to verify it, you put your phone number that you belong to that company with, and it recognizes you, and you're on your journey. That's how it should be. Why can't we, you know, take the complicated out of the uncomplicated? You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, I think that's how it's it. The UK eSIMs are really backward. Like there is, there are some where uh, maybe. Uh, you know, the, uh, for international travel, some of the uh, mobile virtual network operators are a bit smarter. But what has to happen for the main networks in the UK is the only way you can get an eSIM is to have a piece of paper with the QR code on it, which you scan. There is no way for uh, your phone uh, when setting up to download an eSIM without that piece of paper, which is crazy when you think it's an eSIM. Yeah, and exactly, if you don't have that QR code, and even if they say hey, you can go to the website and, and scan it, what if you don't have a computer nearby? You know what I mean? So yeah. it, what I said earlier but, would but have But the, the UK sense. networks won't let you do that. The QR code on a screen, that's kind of all right. They won't even <laughs> yeah. do that. You literally need the piece of paper. Yeah, no, see, that's stupid. Some of them here will have you scan it on the web page, but that's stupid. What if you don't have... A computer there with you so like i said i see it better this way uh download this, this stuff from the carrier you know it's listed in there and just verify it with your number and you're good to go i mean yeah, i'm I already think... on your on your network you know me and if i put in my number and you will find me in your database and get me going why are we making this simple process so complicated it's more complicated than what it really is. Yeah, I think it needs to get to the point where the the phone that you have your active SIM eSIM in, you can just go into About Phone, see your eSIM, and then hit a button that says Create um, QR Code, and then it puts a QR code on your screen, and then you can just scan the new phone with that, and it'll transfer the eSIM to the phone like that. When it gets to that point, 
that's when I'll start using eSIM. But right now, it's just so much easier for me to just, you know, I have a, a SIM removal tool on my keychain. <laughs> I just take the SIM card out and switch phones. That's just so much easier these days. So it has a ways to go, I think. Yeah. So what I want to say about eSIM is that uh, in India, the eSIM situation is different. You have to first register your email ID with your provider. You can do it anytime when you're taking a new SIM or anytime. New SIM, I mean physical SIM. So then you message them by SMS saying uh, eSIM space, your number, and send them the message. They'll email you a QR code. You scan that when you click download an eSIM, then you select download, uh, scan a QR code, and it will scan that QR code that you got in the email and activate your eSIM. Now, the one of the reasons why the eSIM, with like Warren said, you know, you put your phone number and it will activate it, that won't work because scammers, they have your number. So they can easily put in your number because like in India, they have these codes. Each network has the code like 9819 is like Airtel code and something else is Vodafone code. So the ca scanner will know that you're in this network. So they will put your phone number, see your network and activate a fake SIM on your behalf. So that will not work. But uh, the next way is that John said, you know, create a QR code that is going to work. And also in India, when you're transferring an eSIM, from one phone to another, you can message them again using the same command. They'll email you a new QR code. And with that new phone, you scan that QR code and you can transfer your eSIM from your old phone to your new phone. That is very easy. But in Samsung, what my brother told me, you can keep both eSIMs active at the same time. But in the Pixel, you can only keep one eSIM and one physical SIM active in the same time, at least in India. So Samsung has got that advantage for it. Now, there are a couple of rebuttals I want to make here. For So you don't have a computer. You're getting a phone. You got, you got that new phone. You don't have a physical SIM card, and you wanted to uh, use an eSIM. How in the world are you going to get that email and open it up to scan that QR code? Number two. Here on my Pixel, I can have two eSIM cards. There's slots for them. I don't know why you don't have it, but it shows that on mine, you could do that. Um, now, the other thing is, I understand the concern that you have about the um, someone you know, having your number and they could download you or whatever. Uh, well, we need to find a way to, to protect that, but I don't know how that would be, but Frankly, if we're going to make the eSIM to be something that people could adopt, then we should find a way of making it easier for them. Because if not, it's going to be more of a repellent. Yeah. Warren, you've got two eSIMs, though. Can they both be active on the Pixel? I think that's the thing, isn't it, Austin? Yeah, on my Pixel, I can add as many, like, two eSIMs, but I can only keep one eSIM active at the same time. Active, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know why it would, because you have that primary or secondary. So uh, one would be primary and one would be secondary. No, and no, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't mean that. It means, let's say you've got two SIMs. If you've got two physical SIMs in your, call, in your phone and someone rings you on what is your second line, the phone will ring. 
if you've got two eSIMs on some phones, that second eSIM will not ring. Obviously, for data or for for dialing out or messages out, there's going to be one uh, active SIM. Question is, can the other SIM, the second SIM, be active for incoming messages and calls? Now, so I frankly haven't done that. Um, and it seems like maybe every country has something different about it. It could be something that is uh, not doable in India, but that does not mean that it doesn't work in other places since one has not really tried it. I, th- I think, unless I've misunderstood, Austin, you're saying for your brother, he can have T-SIMs active on the S23. He can't have two E-SIMs active on the Pixel, unless I've got that wrong. No, because I tried two eSIMs on a Pixel and I couldn't could only have one active. So when somebody calls me on my second SIM, second eSIM, it used to show that the second eSIM is switched off. But on the S23, he can have both the eSIMs active. And I also once so wanted to ask Warren, I mean, you're getting an eSIM, how do you not have your physical SIM? Even if you have it in your old phone, you can message them from your old phone. You should not message them from the new one itself. So you should have a physical SIM, I think. Or even an eSIM. Even if you have an eSIM in your old phone, you can transfer that over to your new phone by messaging them again that you want a new eSIM using the command that they'll give you. Yeah, but the thing is, if you didn't have a physical SIM card, okay, you just got a phone and you don't want to be waiting in the mail or you go down to 7-Eleven and pick up a SIM card or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You are blind, for example. I'm talking about ease of use here, most especially to those of us who are blind. Just imagine you live by yourself and you go grab a SIM card thing from 7-Eleven. You got to type in all of those numbers, blah, blah, blah. Uh, why not just have an eSIM card and just simplify the process? Yeah. That's my whole concern. So you are talking about like if a person gets a phone for the first time and has never used the mobile network before, are you talking about that? Yes, that primarily that. Me... And, or or if I decided, like, for example, Ed, you are talking about resetting the phone. Well, if you reset the phone, if you erase the SIM card and reset, you reset the phone, it's not going to come back. You have to re-download it. I mean, I've done this a hundred, a million times. Let me life. ask you this. Oh, yeah. Well, what, I, what, what, what I'm saying, though, what, sorry, sorry, John. What, what I'm saying about that, though, which is different in the UK is, uh, or for saying something else from you, at least it knows it used to, has a, used to have a SIM card, and it pops up and says, do you want to download the SIM card you just had in this phone? Yeah, but that's, that happens if you didn't reset the, uh, the network. If you did, that's not going to come up. Let me ask you this. What Warren, happens if you did... reset the phone? No, if you if all you did was reset the phone, it's not going to erase the SIM e SIM card. But if you erase the e SIM card before resetting the phone, you are not going to get that dialogue you talking about. Oh no, about. no. If you yeah, yeah. If, you, if you if you delete the SIM card off the phone before the phone, so that's what I'm, anyway. I'm saying. So see, for me, I have multiple times, you know, erased the SIM card and then reset my phone, and then in the process of setting up my device, I choose, hey, I want to use an eSIM, and it provides the list of uh, eSIM uh, providers that I can access, and I pick out my provider in there, and it just recognizes me because it sees my email that I put in there matching with uh, my phone number, and that's it. That's what I'm talking about. I like the way Google Wireless does it. You're listening to the Blind Android Users Podcast. 
just to be honest with you guys, this thing is, it bothers me a lot. I want simplicity. Simplicity. I like what we did there. Capital S, capital I, capital M. <laughs> yeah. I do like that. Because even, even once I had erased my eSIM and I had to go to the the network provider shop and get a physical SIM and then wait for 24 hours till well, the SMS till the SMS gets enabled and then convert it into eSIM. And that was very complicated. Absolutely stupid. I don't do that with my wireless, you know, Google Fi. Not at all. I can erase the SIM, reset the phone, you know, back on or a brand new phone. It recognizes it from my email address. And, you know, it says, hey, you want to transfer your whatever to this phone, even if it's on an active on another phone. Say, so, yeah. And I'm so in. In India, in India, you can only do this via QR code. There's no other way to do it. Yeah. I mean, what you should be able to have is multiple SIMs. Uh, for the same number, isn't it? And that would just make it easier. I don't know why you can't these days. You should be able to. And or, like Austin was saying earlier, and I think this is what Google is also working on, to be able to, you know, see my messages across my devices, even if they don't have a SIM card. But, you know, for example, let's say I have, you know, my Pixel 5 or, you know, something mundane like that, like, what the uh, cattle thief has. <laughs> and I have my Pixel okay. 7 Pro and I'm seeing my messages. I want those messages that I'm getting currently on my Pixel 7 Pro to be synced uh, to my Pixel 5. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as I'm on Wi-Fi, that's how it well, no, so, so I'm saying you shouldn't have to be on Wi-Fi. Like, they should all be able to have the same data connection uh, on 5G or LTE or whatever. Uh, but yeah, obviously on Wi-Fi, yeah, Telegram or whatever. They, they are too greedy. They don't want us to have it. But I mean, we're paying no. for it. You know what I mean? You're correct. No, no. We're already paying for that. So open it up. Come on. <laughs> yeah, and, and don't and don't change my allocation. That's fine. If I've only got 10 gigabytes, give me across 20 phones, if that's what I decide to do with it. Exactly. Uh, and if I exceed it, more for me. I don't want anything extra for free. Just let multiple eSIMs or even physical SIMs. I don't care. Um. Uh. Uh. Work across one number, and if I exceed uh, it, you know what? That's better for them because what? Well, exactly. They get to charge. Yeah. They get to charge me for it. So yeah, exactly. who's losing? No, they're 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 losing. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, stupid. And now the G Show, or what Austin refers to as the Joshua Screen Reader. AKA Commentary Screen Reader CSR. This is where some feature of this screen reader is demonstrated. And now we move on to our next section, which is our commentary demonstration from Karine, where she's going to show us GTR shortcuts. Hi. Shortcut gestures or right and left shortcuts are two GTR functions that perform several actions. While the functions themselves are not new, the new thing is now you are able to customize the actions related to those shortcuts better. To perform shortcut gestures, you swipe either right for the right shortcut, left for the left shortcut, or down for the right shortcut, up for the left shortcut with one finger, of course, and 
And this is uh, based on the navigation or the um, gesture navigation style that you are using. If you are using the default, you will be using the right and left swipes. If you are using the default two, you will be using the down and up swipes. And uh, if you are using the one of the alternative granularity navigation styles, you have to include the default among the navigation types and to use the default navigation type. So after you select it, you um, perform the right shortcut by swiping right or swiping down based on the gestures that are used uh, for moving within the navigation type or the selected navigation type. If you are in the basic navigation, uh, one of the basic navigation styles, you have to assign another gestures for the shortcut, right and left shortcuts, or of course you can use them from the main menu. I'll go now to G-Show settings. Main menu. G-Show settings. G-Show plus. Then operation settings. TTS operation settings. Operation settings. Then the de uh, gestures default settings. Gestures default settings manage settings. Gestures default settings. Then shortcut gestures settings. Remember the select use multi shortcut gestures settings. Shortcut gestures settings. The first item that I have is Use the shortcut gestures to quickly navigate in lists checked. This option allows for convenient navigation between items while bypassing buttons or controls related to them. By default, shortcut gestures are performed through right and left swipes or down and up swipes, based on the navigation gesture style used. So, this action is related to navigation, to quick navigation. So, in, in YouTube, for example, I have each video and then the actions related to this video. So to bypass the actions every time and to just uh, move between the videos, I can use this. So when, when I'm in YouTube, like in the subscri subscription for, for subscriptions, for example, I can use the shortcuts to move without uh, going by the actions every time. This way of navigation makes navigation in some apps convenient and make it quicker. So let's see. YouTube. I'm now in the blind Android users YouTube channel and I'm in the list of videos. So I'll put my finger on one of them. Blind Android users, Blind Android is options button, Blind Android is us.com and three more links button. Oldest. Episode 146 Samsung One UI part for the quick panel and O serum. T O default. I'm using the um, alternative navigation style too. So I selected the default and I'm swiping down. Tip of the week, help me write 9 minutes, 53 Again. Android 14 QPR 1 beta 119 Again. App 146 Samsung 1 UI notifications and quick panel 20 minutes, go to channel Now I'll swipe to uh, the next item, let's see Action menu button So I have the action menu after the, uh, so I have the action menu after the video While when I was using the shortcuts, I was able to move 
between only the videos without hearing the actions every time. Recent the next option that we have is Enable universal call control checked. Third one Use shortcut gestures to answer and end calls on the incoming call screen unchecked. I'm using the 27 September version and I can say that according to my tests this option Use shortcut gestures to answer and end calls on the incoming call screen unchecked. Doesn't work or doesn't have any effect. And the one that is having an effect is Enable Universal Call Control Checked. Enable Universal Call, call Control, which is uh, already available, um, which is not new actually. The new one is the uh, one that is after it, which is the one that is not having any effect currently. So if I if I check enable the back button. Ena enable Universal Call Control, what I can do is to answer calls via the right shortcut and decline call via the left shortcut, as well as end the call if I'm in the in, in an active call via the left shortcut as well. This works whether I'm on the incoming call screen or um anywhere else. Also, if I'm in the in call screen or I'm and another application. Uh, in order for this to work, you have to give the show the phone permission. Otherwise, it, it will not work. And it's not working with other apps. The, the app that I tested is WhatsApp, and it doesn't work to answer and end WhatsApp calls. The next one is... Use shortcut gestures to move the cursor in text boxes checked. This enables the use of the shortcuts to move the cursor in edit boxes. So if I uh, perform the right shortcut, I'll be moving to the next character. If I use the left shortcut, I'll be moving to the previous character. So I'll show you. Telegram. Note. Keep note text box. I just type hi. Capital H. I. Space high. And I'll use the left shortcut. Space I, capital H. The right shortcut. I, space, to end. Moving to the next item. Use shortcut gestures to adjust sliders checked. If a slider is in focus, using the right shortcut will increase it by 5%. Using the left shortcut will decrease it by 5%. So, right shortcut, increase, left shortcut, decrease. Use shortcut gestures to scroll in lists checked. This option is to allow the shortcuts to scroll in the lists. But um, it may conflict with the quick navigation or the um, first option. So, let's see in the home screen. AC iPhone, Telegram. Using the shortcuts is just moving between the items. Recent Whereas one UI G show plus short use the shortcut gestures to quickly navigate in lip unchecked checkbox. I unchecked the first option and I'll try now. Let's try the right shortcut. Home screen two of two. Left shortcut. Home screen one of two. The next 
option is. Use shortcut gestures to click the OK cancel button in dialog boxes checked. How this option work is by clicking the buttons that are with the button 1 and button 2 IDs. Button 1 is usually the ID of a button that is to click or that is labeled OK or Yes, for example, or Start. And the button 2 should be the Cancel or No or Stop. But it works when the um, IDs are like this, button 1 and button 2. So I'll show you something. Main menu. I'm now in the text-to-speech settings, the system TTS settings. A couple of TTS unchecked. I'll tap here on the acapella. Attention. I have the dialogue and the OK and cancel. So I'll see... OK button. The ID of the OK button, which is... Alert. Alert. Button 1. Cancel button. Atten cancel button. Alert. Alert. Button 2. Cancel button. I'm using an extension to uh, reach the, or to know the button IDs. Uh, here, if I'm going to use the right shortcut, it will tap the OK button. If I use the left shortcut, it will tap the cancel button. So, oh, default. let's try to use the left shortcut. Preferred engine. It tapped the cancel, which is button 2, and this is how it works. Let's move to the next item. Use shortcut gestures to click the OK cancel button. Use shortcut gestures to activate matching on-screen controls checked. One of the actions that uh, the shortcuts perform is to click on items based on keywords. And uh, those keywords um, can be edited. There are already some predefined ones and uh, you can change them um, so let's see left shortcut keywords I have the left shortcut keywords right shortcut keywords and the right shortcut keywords so if I try the left shortcut keywords for example left left shortcut keywords navigate up left short ADD button default button decline I have the decline so when it sees the decline, it will click it. Reject. Reject. Hang up. Hang up. And call. Hang up. Previous. Navigate up. Navigate up. But navigate up. So when there is a previous, when there is navigate up, uh, hang up and call, it will click them. And uh, I can tap on add to add um, a keyword that I want. And I can put the star, like uh, after the next, I can put a star. So if I have next track, next page, it will click, click them based on the presence of the next. To change those, you have to be a pro user. Uh, but there is a way to um, modify them using the translation strings. So you can do that from the custom translation from language settings. You should pay attention to something that, for example, if you uh, uncheck the 
answering and ending of calls. But you keep the keywords checked and you don't delete the stuff related to uh, answering and ending calls. What will happen is that using the gestures or the shortcuts will still answer calls. This is because those uh, keywords are in the left shortcuts and right shortcuts keywords. As you were able to notice, shortcuts are capable of doing several actions. And uh, you are able to select what you want them to do. Um, if you find that there are conflicts between uh, the actions or that the shortcut is doing something that you, you don't want to, it's better to go to the um, shortcut gesture settings and uncheck the things that you don't want to be included in the shortcuts actions. I hope that uh, this was clear. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Karine. John Boy, you use these, don't you? You said, I think, on our Telegram group, you use these shortcuts. Yeah, I I love the shortcuts because they're customizable and you can you can basically, any any button that you want it to automatically press without you having to find that button, you can assign that to a shortcut. So I've done that, like, for example, in this meet call, because I'm joining from my phone, I have the right shortcut. I added turn microphone off as a button to find and press. And as the left shortcut, I have turn microphone on as a button to find and press. So if I swipe up on the screen, it'll open my mic. If I swipe down on the screen, it'll close my mic. No matter where the actual focus of the screen reader is, it'll find that button and press it for me. So it's a quick way to do things. I love it. That's quite cool. If I were ever to hack your phone, I would set it uh, both to uh, turn microphone on and you get very <laughs> confused. If there were people I didn't like, I would set both of theirs to turn the microphone off, obviously, and they could never, ever unmute themselves. And You're a bad be... kid anyway. I mean, what's new? <laughs> well, I, t- I told you the Apple Store story, didn't I? With the, yeah, uh, exactly. And that's, yeah. where, that's where the bad yeah. kid comes from. Uh, yeah. I mean, that was naughty. That. I would set both the buttons to either one one of them power off your phone, one of them restart your phone. Oh boy! So you, yeah, that's you have to set both buttons both buttons to do the same thing because that's really yeah. Funny. <laughs> like yeah, they shut the phone down all the time. <laughs> but I like the whole idea, though. I, I think it simplifies things because we talk about you know simplicity, and if I have the ease of doing things on my phone, I'm all for it. It's just that. I, I just couldn't see me using the confused screen reader. Karen? No, I consider this uh, in its positive form. So at least you're, you're, you're appreciating what we are able to achieve and you are feeling jealous. So keep going. <laughs> yeah, we need to, don't we you, need don't to you love that girl? Uh, <laughs> We need to hack Warren's phone and install CSR. I mean, I mean, I can't remember. Literally, have you ever used it? No, I have. Even when it was on the Play Store, you didn't use it. No, on the Play Store, I didn't even realize. Well, I think it was talked about on our email group. But frankly, 
Um, but it wasn't even there for, by the time I was ready to try it, it was gone. But the thing is, like, you know how easy it is to get a Gmail account, don't you? I mean, you obviously do. Uh, so, and you have so many phones. Why don't you just wall garden a phone? Don't put anything on it. You know, set it up from you. Create an email address, which is Warren can be a silly chuckles at gmail.com <laughs> and put G Show on it. Now, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you at least see what you think of the app? I confirm because no, he knows he would like it. I, I got a better email address. <laughs> Warren uses Fisher Price hardware at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, that's a good email address. No, no, no that's silly. We better register that email address before we publish this episode. We don't want anybody <laughs> stealing it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I had converted one of my Pixel devices to uh, the plan Android users, so I could do stuff on there. Uh, maybe I could throw yeah. CSR Wait, on put there. Put it on. Play with it. I, I don't know. Nah. Uh, but not? really, I really like what it can do. And but, but if hoping... it's not, <laughs> I'm hoping what's, though that what's the, your the prudence will do it. <laughs> I think. What's your I objection? Warren is scared because Google is making Fisher Price hardware. What if my hardware explodes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my melt. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, but, but what's your objection? Like you've got you've got nothing sensitive on the phone, so why would you put it on? I just never trusted it, and so, well, no, that's fine. If there's something sensitive on the phone, yeah. No, nothing. There's nothing sensitive on that phone. Oh yeah, so so why don't you put it on? Yeah, I may I may think about putting it on. So if you guys starting, you know, start seeing a flurry of uh, messages on our email account, then you know it's coming from the confused stuff. <laughs> no, there is there is something very sensitive. That is Deborah's number. Ah, come on, little... Austin, you can't do that. <laughs> come on, a little bit of Deborah on do, my mind. You can't do that. <laughs> Uh, CSR CSR is like got Warren in the friend zone. It's like he doesn't want to put it on his phone because it's like hanging out with this girl that you have a a crush on that you know will never like you. So it's like, why even bother? It's just going to make things harder on you. Like, just try to pretend it doesn't exist. I I I think it's almost the reverse. It's like he knows she would like him. She's not as attractive as the girl he thinks she wants. Coming up next is the tip of the week. Stay tuned for tips, tricks and more about Android. And now we move to tip of the week, where Warren shows us how to use Gmail's confidential mode. Hi, welcome to the tip of the week for episode 147. Last week, I showed you how to use the Help Me Write found in both Gmail and Google Messaging. Today, however, we'll continue with another feature found in Gmail. And I'm talking about the end-to-end encryption. Now, typically, in order to be able to have that full proper use of this, you need the Google Workspace. Now, if on the other hand, however, you're just a standard Gmail user, Google account holder, there's something called the confidential mode that we'll be looking at today. I am already in my Gmail account. And by the way, I'm using the standard Gmail account for this demonstration. And I'm demonstrating this on my Pixel 7 Pro running Android 14 Beta 5.x. 
The first thing we want to do here is to tap on the Compose found near the bottom right of the phone. I will now tap on Compose. Compose button out of list. Here is Compose. We go ahead and tap here. Showing English US. And there we are now in the To field. And for this demonstration, I'm going to be sending this to uh, contact us at blindandroidusers.com email address. And so I'm just going to type in the first few letters of contact us. So basically, I'm going to type in C-O-N and just pick out blind Android users from the populated field for the completion of the address. I'll now go ahead and type C-O-N-T. C-O-N-T. I inputted C-O-N-T and it populated with possible choices of addresses to pick from. And I'm just going to tap on the one that says contact us at blindandroidusers.com. Blind Android users, contact us at blindandroidusers.com. One of 11, enlist, 11 items, window Gmail. There we are. And I'll tap here to accept that address. Contact suggestions closed. From, out of list. All right. The next thing, though, we want to do, I'm just going to go ahead and put in the subject matter. Subject, edit box. Here is our subject field. And I'll tap here to activate subject, subject field. And for this one, I'm simply just going to say test. Cap, assistant voice typing. Test. Stop. Voice typing stopped. Assistant voice. I have typed in the subject matter as test. Now I'm going to hit the next. Next. I am now in the body of the message. And now I'm just going to dictate a few lines and then we'll get going. Assistant voice typing. Hello, boys, comma, new paragraph. This is just a test to see if I could actually get the confidential mode found in Gmail to go through, period, new paragraph. I will now bring this to a close, period, new paragraph. Warn. Stop. Voice typing stopped. Assistant. And now I'm just going to put my finger down and see if my dictation came out. Hello, boys. This is just a test to see if I could actually get the confidential mode found in Gmail to go through. I will now bring this to a close. Warren. Edit box. Editing. Window Gmail. There we go. Now let's go on to how we can use the confidential mode. So what we need to do is tap on the more options found near the top right corner of the phone. I will now tap on more options. More options. Button. Let's go ahead and tap here on more options. Keyboard hidden, pop-up window, schedule send, enlist. We are not going to be scheduling. Rather, we're trying to send an email that is confidential. And so below here, we've got add from contact. That's if you want to add another email address. And then below that, we have the confidential mode. Here's what I'm talking about. Add from contacts. And next below that. Confidential mode. We've got the confidential mode. Tab here. Gmail. Cancel. Out of list. 
Upon tapping on confidential, we heard cancel, which is found on the top left corner. But then to the right of it is the save. That's if you want to save this as a draft. Save. But we don't want to do that. And below that, confidential mode, switch on. There's an off on switch below that save and that by default, as soon as you tap on confidential mode, it turns that feature on. Below that, we've got set expiration. You could set the expiration. The default is like a week. Now, you can, however, choose how long you want it to remain. So we got drop down list expires in one week. The default is in one week. But if you tap here, you could choose one day, one month, or whatever. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Pop-up window. Expires in one day. This one day. Expires in one week. Checked. That's the one that is checked. Expires in one month. We got one month. Expires in three months. Expires in five years. You can't even have it expiring in five years. And now, let's just tap on one day instead of one week. Expires in one day. We'll check that. Expires in one day. Gmail. Drop-down list. Expires in one day. Out of list. Now, the next drop-down is the most critical one. Require passcode. There's a require passcode. And then, that's going to be... All passcodes will be generated by Google. Non-Gmail recipients will get an email passcode to authenticate. Next. Drop-down list, standard. So by default, it is the standard. But we could tap here and choose a different option. Pop-up window, standard, checked, in list. The standard or SMS passcode. An SMS passcode. And so typically what this would mean is that once you open that message, it's going to ask for the code that you got sent to. Let's try this and you'll see what I'm talking about. SMS passcode, Gmail. Drop-down list, SMS passcode, out of list. Learn more, button. And here you could tap on the learn more and you're going to go and read all about it and all of that. And now the one thing that I found rather odd is the fact that we are not seeing a field here where we could put in the phone number for authentication via SMS or something to that effect. Instead, when we tap on send, it's going to ask for the phone number. So you watch. Send button. Let's go ahead and tap here on send. Disabled. Missing information. A phone number is required so that recipients can verify their identity with the SMS passcode. And we're told that there's some missing information because a phone number is required. And so toward the bottom here, we got Add Missing Information button. Add Missing Information there in the middle of the phone. We tap Gmail, phone number, edit box. And now we are in the edit for the phone number. Showing dial keyboard. So what I'm going to put in here is the phone number to blind Android users. One, three, zero, seven, two, zero, one, nine, seven, nine, seven, one, three, oh, seven, two, oh, one, nine, seven, nine, seven, edit box, phone number, keyboard hidden. 
I just went back and we heard our phone number. And now we need to tap on done. Done button. And that is found near the top right. And now we could tap on send. Send button. Tap. Dis sending. Cancel mail. Sent. Undo. Showing I. So that email message has been sent. Now, if I decided sent. that, Undo. hey, you know, I don't want uh, to have them have access, blind Android users, to have access to it, I could go back into my Gmail again and go into the sent folder. And in there, I will go to the message I just sent, tap on the message, and tap on edit at the bottom, and then I'll tap on remove. I'll show you what I'm talking about. I'm still here in Gmail, so I'll simply tap on open navigation door or navigate the top. Now I'm going to tap on that open navigation just found below the search, and then we'll go to the send items. Open navigation drawer button. We tap here. Now, Gmail, one of 38, in list. Now that we are in this menu, what we need to tap on is the send. Sent, 5, 12 of 38. Here is sent. We tap. Sent, search in mail, search in mail. And in here are all the messages I have sent so far. So the one we're looking for is the one we just sent to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. Two, blind, test, hello boys, this is just a test to see. There we go, so we tap. Test, in pager. And now that we have opened the email, now toward the bottom, on the left, we'll find the following information. Content expires September 30th, 2023. Recipients won't have the option to forward, copy, print, or download this email. And there's a button below that that says Remove. Remove access button. Remove access. So if I tap here. Content is expired. Recipients won't have the option to forward, copy, print, or download this email. The content has expired. They cannot do anything with it. However, if I want to change it, I could tap on Renew because that Remove now turns into Renew. Renew Access button. And there you are. And that's how you go about sending something using the confidential mode using your standard Gmail account. And Warren, as far as you know, is that only available in the Gmail app or can you do that some other way if you're using uh, a standard view or something? Yeah, you can do it on the app, and you can also do, do that on the web. But you can't do it, can you, on a third-party app connected to Gmail, necessarily? You know, if you've connected your Outlook or your Aquamail. I know, well, because it's a feature coming direct from uh, Gmail. So yeah. you can only do it in Gmail. Yeah, I think I misunderstood you, but I thought you were talking about whether one could also do it on the web interface so no, yeah, no, no i, I, I didn't know I, I asked I, I asked both questions so uh, yeah. yeah yeah so you can only do it with gmail um, related stuff another thing though that i wanted to mention i think because i'd mentioned in there that about contacts actually i went back to it and you can tap on that contacts even before you tap on that save which would eliminate 
the need of tapping on save. You could tap on that contacts. Mine was showing email addresses, but if you scroll down or you know make a search, look for the number that you're looking for or the person that you're looking for, you could add that number and it'll be part of it. And you could just hit the send button right there. I kind of like it. So if you kind of like the uh, whole idea of someone not being able to uh, forward your email or copy or whatever, but everything can have a hack, right? People could find ways of, you know, you could take a screenshot of it and you have access to it. So it's not bulletproof. I don't think you covered this, but the uh, the incoming email, the one you can't forward, the one you can't copy, is accessible, isn't it? You can read it. Oh, yeah, very accessible. I yeah. should have left the one on there on our site so you guys could, but then I would have had to uh, send you that code to our uh, phone number that I gave in there. Yeah, I thought it was. It looked like it was, but I thought I'd check. All good things must end. Thus, it's curtain drawing time, bringing us to the close of this week's episode. Coming up, though, we give you information on how to get hold of us. Well, thank you, folks. And that is the end of the episode for this week. Thank you very much for listening. You have probably uh, had the longest announcement section on record, but uh, they were important things. We shall see you next week uh, for 148. Austin, how can folks get in touch with us? To contact us, you can send an email to contact us at blindandroidusers.com. You can join a mailing list by sending an email to blind Android users plus subscribe at groups.io. You can join our Telegram, Facebook, Discord, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. The links for everything will be at the bottom of the show notes and also in the video description of the YouTube channel. And also the links are in the websites panel of the YouTube channels. Well, until next time, everybody, uh, say bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. And again, thank you so much for listening to us. Goodbye. Have a great week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Blind Android Users Podcast. Until we see you next week, don't forget to leave us your comments and suggestions via our email contact or using any of our social media sites. Have a great week.